0: Hello and welcome to episode 23 of the Crochet Circle podcast. It's called I Blinked and it was December, mainly because I blinked and it was December. How on earth is it almost the end of 2017? I just, I cannot comprehend that. It feels like just about a month ago, it was January and I was making plans for what I wanted to do throughout the whole of this year and now I'm in coming into the very last month of 2017, I just, I can't get my little pea brain round it. Um, life just seems to be zooming past. Good, it's a great life, but um yeah, the speed at which it's going seems to be gaining momentum with every year, um, which I know people always say, uh, oh, life just goes so much more quickly when you're older. Apparently only older Scottish women say that. Um, but it is true. I um, I just thought it was silly older people talking, but yeah, I, I can feel my life whizzing away. Right. How are you all doing? I hope you're well. Um, yeah. I hope you've had a good month. It's been quite a quick month this time around. Um, somebody sent me an email saying, oh, you'll be podcast recording next week. And I thought, No, I'm not. It's the week after, and then I checked the diary, and I was like, "Ah, Friday is the first of December." So I've um I've lost a week somewhere, and then I went to record yesterday, and the um the mains charger on my camera wasn't working, so I couldn't record yesterday. Um, so I'm coming at it again. It's Wednesday, so this might be. Hopefully, the editing will be really smooth and lovely, and. uh, You know, the Christmas elves will be being nice to me and I will get off lightly with editing this time round. So it's been a busy old month. Um, I've had quite a lot going on with the Nottingham Yarn Expo. So there are a couple of bits, um, kind of now standard bits of the podcast that I won't be going through just because I don't don't have any real progress to update you on with them. Um, So what I will be going through are quick news beats, um, old dog new tricks, Finished objects, works in progress, feeding the habit, um, and what's good. Right, let me uh, let whack on then with um, quick news beats. Thank you for everyone that got involved in hashtag, hashtag Friday is dye Day again. Um, it's really good fun to see people trying dying for the first time. Um, you had somebody like Charlie who was coming at it from the second time but trying a different type of dyeing. She was doing icing dyeing this time. Um, Lindsay, who is, and then there was Morgan on Instagram, she was doing dyeing for the first time. She made some fabulous skeins up. Um, and then I was doing, um, showing off the, the jumper that I'd made with my own hand-dyed yarn. So please do get involved. It's not all about Dying and doing your own dyeing it's just about celebrating hand dyed yarn so you could be showing off your favourite indie dyer and what you're making with their stuff it's just a way of celebrating that part of the crafting community um so if you want to get involved it is the final friday of every month and it's on instagram and all you have to do is type in hashtag friday is Dye day to be a um, part of it and see what everybody else is up to What I particularly love is Lindsay's husband has written us a theme tune. I don't think he wrote it thinking it was going to be a theme tune, but it is now my Friday is Die Day theme tune. He was being cheeky. Alan was doing a cheeky wee so-and-so and and, um, taking the mick out of his wife, Lindsay, and basically saying, oh, look, yay, it's another woolly thing that she's going to do. Now, she's dying yarn. It's all about the wool. She just loves wool. It's Friday is Die Day. I'm going to pop into the end of the podcast on audio and video. So you too can see and hear Alan at his finest taking the mickey out of uh, his lovely wife. (laughs) It is very funny. I love it. (laughs) So thanks, Alan. (laughs) Um, So yeah, get involved. Hashtag Friday is die day The next one I quickly wanted to go through was the global hookup. Um, The platform that I was hoping to use was Google Hangouts and it's just it's not going to do what I want it to do. Um, the wording was a little obscure, and I thought you could have 10 people in doing video and having a, a conf lab essentially, and about 100 to 150 other people could join in and see and hear, but not be part of the kind of throng of it. That's not what can happen at all. So my mistake on that front Um So I've kind of gone back to the drawing board. Matthew and I have both gone through, like he was in his office, I was in the dining room and testing lots of different types of webinar software and platforms. Um, We think we found one. What I was trying to do was avoid having anything whereby people had to download an app and just trying to make it as simple as possible for you guys that wanted to be part of a global crafting session once a month. The reality is you're going to have to download an app, but I will provide all of the details that you need for that. Um, But what it does mean is that I need a little bit longer. The one that I'm looking at is called Zoom. I know some of you already use it. Um, And with Zoom, I can host a session up to 40 minutes with about 25 people into it. And I think it's with another 125 people in on the session. My feeling is that we test that out um, I'll probably set up a quick Ravelry thread in and around the festive period for anyone that can partake to help me see if it will actually work and do what I need it to do. And then if it does work and we've got more numbers than that and people want to go beyond the 40 minutes then I will start looking at the paid for platforms but I don't want to sign up to a contract with Zoom if it's not going to do what we want it to do. And um, This is very much about offering a a regular crafting group to people all over the world and for people that can't get out or have got people that they have to look after and so they're um, tied to their houses or they live too far away but they've got great internet connection so it's really trying to ensure that I'm offering a crafting group to the people that want it and, and need it as a means of meeting other people and seeing what everybody else is up to beyond kind of Instagram and Ravelry. So I'm very much dedicated to it but it has to be the right platform otherwise there's no point in even starting it. And I know Grace from Babble's Travelling Yarn uses Zoom for her virtual knit so I need to have a quick chat with her and see how she gets on with it and what the kind of pros and cons are of that uh, platform. So I'll be on that in the coming weeks and trying to sort that out for you. If you were in the YouTube live streaming session, I am so sorry for that on Saturday night, just gone. Um, I had cancelled it out. YouTube hadn't cancelled it out. So nobody should have been aware of it. It just should have disappeared from all of your calendars. So my absolute sincere apologies if you were sat there on Saturday waiting for me to do something. Um, Nothing was ever going to come of that because it just, again, it doesn't do what I want it to do. That was when Matthew and I were playing around trying to sort something out. And I thought it had been cancelled and it hadn't. So I'm sorry, it wasn't my intention to waste anybody's time or um, kind of be an annoyance. Um, I do want this to work, but it has to work with interaction. I don't want it to just be me doing this to you guys in the live stream. I, I want to be able to interact with people on an easy platform. So watch this space. It will come good. It just needs to be the right kind of good zooming through these um crochet alongs for 2018 uh, thank you everyone that's been into the ravelry thread and come up with suggestions and ideas keep them coming i will probably announce in the january podcast what crochet alongs i'm looking to host in 2018 i don't want to be really firm with them um in case other opportunities come along however I think it's good for you guys to know what it is that's coming up and then you can kind of plan your crafting program around that as well. I think that really helped with the um, back to school sweater cowl that Helen and Tamara ran because it meant that you knew that there was a load of support and help for that specific um, topic and that specific type of crafting Um, back in September October so it's just to kind of put markers in for what we might have coming up but there have been some fantastic ideas so yeah we're gonna have some good crochet alongs coming up in 2018 but like I say I'll announce them probably in January Um, and there'll be three or four of them throughout the year. Christmas Eve cast on, which is also known as the One Skein Wonderland. Um, Charlie and I are hosting together. That's Charlie from the Love Charlie podcast. And the whole plan is that you grab one of your favorite skeins of yarn. We've all got them, I think. Well, most of us have them. That special skein of yarn that you bought because it was oh so beautiful, and you just had to do something with it and then it's come home and you've stroked it and petted it and thought oh you're so beautiful but maybe it hasn't made it further than your stash and so the plan is to get those beautiful skeins out some of you will be getting beautiful skeins for Christmas um, and you might be allowed to open that little present early and um, yeah you might be allowed to open it up and start hooking on at one minute past midnight on the 24th of December. That's what I'll be doing. I'll be very excited. Um, And I might already have a new skein coming as part of my Christmas present that Matthew has promised that I am allowed on Christmas Eve as a little, like, Brucey bonus. (laughs) Um, And I can show you that afterwards. I've got it with me for um, feeding the habit. I'll pop it in the show notes as well. Um, So the concept is you get out that special skein, you unwrap it on Christmas Eve or Christmas Day if you need to wait and you hook up it doesn't just have to be crochet it can be weaving knitting whatever you fancy you know I'm just glad to have people crafting together but the concept that Charlie and I came up with is that you um, it's a nice easy project and that's why we've gone for 100 grams now you might have a five pack of mini skeins that you want to use go for it you might have 80 grams left over from another project, and a 20 grand mini scheme, go for it. If you use 110 grams, the uh, one skin Wonderland police are not going to come knocking on your door saying you are not valid. <laughs> you may not enter. And um, the, the main thing is to get out those special skeins or the ones that you've been given and use them and enjoy something quick um, that you know that you will have done by the deadline of the 31st of January, and something that isn't going to tax you too much. There's a lot of stress and a lot of emphasis that is put on the festive period and this is all about having something where you can come back into your own little bubble and craft away maybe at like 10 minute pockets that you've got and then have a nice little time in your own crafting world it's not about you know producing the fanciest project ever it's about having some relaxation time and just chilling out during the festive season I rather suspect that some people will have finished objects done by the end of December. The um, The discussion thread is in my group, so in the Crochet Circle group on Ravelry. And the um, finished objects thread will be in Charlie's um, So Love Charlie podcast on Ravelry. And there's a hashtag which is One Wonderland um cal so yeah one skin wonderland c-a-l so yeah use the hashtag for instagram have a chat about it on the threads in ravelry and i'm looking forward to see what you're coming up with um lots of people have put forward uh, pattern suggestions and i've added all of them into a bundle in ravelry so all you need to do is go to the Crochet Circle group. So not in the forum where the discussion boards are, but go to the actual group page. And on the right-hand side, there is... Um, a that will say bundles and if you click on the bundles there are two one was for the back to school sweater cal and the second one is for the ones gain wonderland cal um so i've put all of your suggestions in there keep them coming in and i will just keep on adding them into that bundle and i've added a load of more ones in there as well so there are mittens scarves market bags toys cowls, shawls, all sorts in there. Just go and have a look and get some um, some ideas from other designers that you might not have heard of before. So we've been amassing some very nice prizes for the Once Game Wonderland cowl. First up is the latest book from Cat um, Golden and Joanne's Grace from The Crochet Project. Um, I know some of you will have this already so I'll I'll probably offer this up as one of the main prizes and then if somebody already has it I'll swap the prizes around but I asked Kat and Joanne to sign it for us as well which they did when I was at Yarndale we have the lovely bag which I showed off um, last time round from um, Emmy and Jell from Emma Handmade I love this bag this was so close to not going as a prize and for me just keeping it myself but I did have the other one, which I have used a lot. It's a really good bag. So we've got those two. Charlie's also pulling together a nice um, dye kit for somebody with some undyed yarn and also um, some of the Wilton's icing, which go a long, long way. So, um, And if you wanted to have a look at her Instagram feed, that's what she was doing on hashtag Friday is dye Day. And she came up with some beautiful, very light, Pastely, um coloured tonal shifts in a couple of skeins of yarn. Really beautiful. And I got to fondle them on Sunday and she came around here to kick them up and she, she did a good job. She, she could 100% be a little yarn dyer that one if she wanted to. <laughs> in advance of the One Skein Wonderland Cal starting, Charlie and I have competition in conjunction with a wonderful lady called Gilly. Gilly owns Fjord Fibres in Bergen in Norway and she um, is a hand dyer an indie hand dyer her stuff is beautiful mm-hmm. very soft earthy tones are very much suited to her dye but she she goes to brighter colours as well um, so Gilly and I have been in contact quite a bit over the past um, couple of weeks and she has offered up a prize which initially was going to be for the came Wonderland Cal and then I thought well let's do it as a quicker prize and then it, that might be somebody's 100 gram skein. So, the skein is due to arrive and I will pop information up on Ravelry. There will be a thread for the competition and on Friday as the podcast goes out I will also pop up the competition for it on Instagram. And what I would like you to do is go to the thread and there will be a link there for Gilly's Etsy shop and I'd like you to go in and tell me what your favourite colourway of hers is and what it is that you would like to make with it if you had a 100 gram skein. So what, what kind of project would you do? And on Instagram, within the competition, if you wanted to enter, what I would like you to do is follow Gilly Fjord, Fjord Fibres, F-G-O-R-D Fibres, and follow Charlie, love Charlie and for make sure you're following um, me at crochet underscore circle and score podcast. I don't care if you put in two entries so you can go on to Ravelry and do it or you can go on to um, Instagram and do it and I don't care where you are in the world either, I will post it out to you wherever you are and you could be the lucky recipient of 100 grams of Gilly's Fjord Fibers it's really nice <laughs> Um, and the competition will close on the 8th of December so it's a really quick timeline which allows me to then quickly get your address, whoever wins and get the skein out to you hopefully you'll have it before Christmas Eve so good luck, Ravelry or Instagram is the way to win this beautiful skein. My final one for quick news beats is I've come up with this crackpot idea for doing extra little mini episode over the christmas period so it might be on christmas eve or on christmas day or something that it comes out but i know lots of you have got friends family members partners flatmates that you live with that have to sit and listen and watch podcasts all the time I know from quite a few of you that when your partners come in the room, they go, oh, hi, Faye, because they know my voice as they know lots of other podcasters' voices as well. So I thought, why don't we do them a little payback? Why don't we do, um, like, some shout-outs? So if you want, I will open up a thread on Ravelry, and this will only go through Ravelry. Um, but if you would like a shout-out to be made in a special podcast for your friend, partner, family member, whoever it is, um, write me down the message, tell me what you would like me to say, and I will give them a shout-out in a special shout-outs episode. So I know, I know quite, (laughs) well I know at least two of you want me to do this, so um, hopefully it will be more than just, two of you but it could be to like your daughters to your sons it could be to anybody if you've got all your family around on Christmas day I'm not saying for a second that the thing that you want to do is come and um, watch me doing shout outs but you know if that's what you want then great I will make it happen it might be me sat with like a little cheeky amaretto by the fireside recording it but whatever you put in the message that's what I will do as the shout out. So you can be as lovely dovey as you want, or you could be it could be for your brat sister for ruining your project. It could be for whatever I don't I don't mind, you know, if it is oh my dearish schnookums. <laughs> whatever. I don't mind having your little pet nicknames in there. That would be even funnier. So the Ravelry Thread, by the time you're hearing this, the Ravelry Thread will be live. And I will do um I will do shout-outs for people and put it out at some point in the festive period. On to old dog new tricks, and I've got a couple of really quick ones for you this time. I now have about eight pairs of socks that have all worn through um, and aren't really all that usable. They're not keeping my feet warm anymore. And they wear through on the sole, and the toes, and on the back of the heels. That's where I'm particularly hard on my socks and I don't just want to throw them out because the cuff bit is actually still in really good condition and has got quite a lot of wear in them. So does the top of the foot part as well. And I was racking my brains thinking, I don't just want to throw kind of 16 socks out. Um, and I could compost them because they're uh, wool and um, silk mix. So they don't have any any um, polyamide nylon in them. But I thought, I don't, I don't just want to do that. And then I came up with a brainwave and what I did was turned the sock inside out and I have sewn a zigzag stitch across it above the heel where it's waiting and then just a, a straight stitch across that so it's really nice and secure. And then all you need to do, I'm actually going to do this live, is wear the... Um, sewn line is, you cut beneath that so where the heel, uh, towards the heel rather than towards the cuff and what that does is leaves you with almost like an ankle sock left so if you're going to waste it, that's all that's now been wasted and you turn the cuff bit inside out, which then gives you a little pouch and it's not a sock puppet, that's not where I'm going with this but what it does do, especially for the size foot that I've got, is it gives me a perfect little pouch for housing 100 grams of four ply or DK yarn, which means if you do a center pull ball, your yarn stays in place, and because you've got the cuff at the top of the sock, and um, that stays nice and tight around the top of the ball of your yarn, so even if I don't know if others do this, so. I always have my projects in a project bag, but when I'm working, I quite often take the yarn out and pop it on the floor. And by having one of these sock pouches, the yarn is on the floor, so it's easy for me to take from and work from, but it's not actually getting dusty or dirty, and the cat is less likely to play with it as well. And if you do a centre pull, then you just keep on pulling your yarn. I think this is like a master stroke of genius that I've come up with here. I've never seen anybody else do this. But if you had a favourite pair of socks that you had knitted or crocheted and you'd gone to all that trouble and they had worn through, then this is a great way of still getting some life out of that project rather than just spinning it off. Um, so I'm going to have loads of these. Great way of reusing my socks. And... Um, and I know that my yarn's always going to be nice and clean. I quite often find that I get little fur balls coming up through my yarn. Sometimes it's got my hair in it, or I don't I don't know how it happens, but it creates like a little ring around my yarn. Um, so I'm hoping that this will stop that because I'll be attracting less fluff to my yarn, so it'll be less annoying. So that is old dog new tricks number one. Number two is, I noticed a wee while back that Ravelry had started asking, when you load up a design, Ravelry had started asking um, whether it was in US or UK terminology. And I thought, well this is interesting because maybe Ravelry are going to start grading patterns out on that basis and give you a filter down the left hand side when you're checking for patterns. So I emailed Ravelry and said, is this what you're going to do? This is very exciting if it is. And they came back to me and said, we don't have any plans for that um, in the future, but it's just information that we're collecting. The other day I discovered that they have actually added it down to their filters. So if you use Ravelry in that way, when you're searching for a project, maybe by name or by, so it could be accessories, cowl, you've clicked to say that you want crochet, you've clicked to say that you want to see a photo, you've clicked as to whether or not you want it to be a free pattern. If you go all the way down pretty much to the bottom, it will say crochet terminology and there are three options and it's UK terminology, US terminology or unknown it means if you are used to dealing with US terminology then you can click that box or at least if you've clicked that box and you're used to UK terminology you then know that you're going to have to do that conversion in your mind or write out that conversion and vice versa if it's UK I thought it was really helpful it's a pity that they haven't told anybody that goes live or at least I haven't seen it if they have Um, but if you are often caught out on Ravelry by patterns being UK when you expected US or US when you expected UK then that might be a nice way of quickly filtering through and looking for patterns that are automatically ready for you to use I mean obviously still double check it because there is a potential for human error but um, there is now that filtering system there for you which is great I'm really pleased that they've done that because I know quite a few people struggle with that aspect Right, that is it for Old Dog New Tricks. I've just come in from outside. It's quite nippy noodles out here. I've got a cheeky little hot chocolate, a a salted caramel hot chocolate. I am obsessed with anything salted caramel. I love that sweet and um, kind of umami flavours. And I just, oh, salted caramel just does it for me every time. So this is quite delicious. Um, I tried to encourage the cat in as well because I thought maybe he could come and bring me extra warmth and uh not a chance. He is all snuggled up on his favourite daytime blanket. It's a daytime blanket and a nighttime blanket, and he's on his bright yellow daytime blanket, kind of underneath it, because I nest him all the time. And I was like, come on out, you come on out, Pom-Pom. Oh <laughs> no. Like uh uh-uh. I do not think so. It is so nice and warm in here and I know what a little icebox your uh, your studio is, so no, I'm not coming out to see you. So I'm just going to have to warm myself up instead. But it is chilly! There's still a little frost um outside on the grass and it is quarter past eleven in the morning. Um. So, yeah. I might have to put more layers on as I go through the podcast. On to finished objects. I don't have that... I say this every single time, I don't have that many finished objects. <laughs> and I'm sure some of you must look at me and go, how does she fit it all in? <laughs> like how, how does she get through so many objects? So I don't have that many because in part, one of the um, main ones is my home body sweater, which I have got on at the moment. The pattern is by a lady called Megan Shames and it's on Ravelry you can see it's a free of charge pattern I've already uploaded all of my project notes on it so if you were interested in the pattern and seeing how I made it, because I played about with stuff quite a lot um, then go to my Ravelry page, I am Ma Dashper and you'll see my, I think it's called Ma Dashper's homebody sweater in there Um, but I'm really really loving this uh, jumper I, it was meant to be made in a chunky yarn, bulky. That's not my thing. I'm a good size 14 to 16. So for me to then wear a jumper that is in a chunky yarn, I would just look huge. And that is not a path that I want to go down personally. So I swapped it out to a four ply. And I worked out that if I went down to the four ply and a 4.5mm hook instead of the suggested 65 and I made the large size sweater. Then what I would actually get was quite a nice fitted jumper. Rather than Megan's was done in bulky. And it was meant to be a really outsized kind of slouchy jumper. Which I loved the look of. And if you're a proper little skinny mini. It looks it looks amazing. I just didn't see that looking amazing on me. And I don't want to put all that work and effort in. And then have something that i look in the mirror and go. Yeah I'm never going to wear that. So I fiddled about. And I've got something that I'm really proud of, actually. Um, the wool that I used is, um, I think it's, it's either 80 or 75% Blueface Leicester, and therefore either 20 or 25% Massam. So both are British breeds. It was spun by Laxton's. I picked it up at Yarn Deal as an undyed yarn, specifically to make a garment with and to hand-dye myself. And what I was aiming for was, you know, that very eighties stonewashed denim look that is, for some reason, coming back again. Says <laughs> she who deliberately tried to hand dye yarn like it. Um, but that was what I was aiming for, and I really feel that that's what I've got is that very mottled look in denimy bluey grey colours, and I, I'm really chuffed. So. Um, I've done the shoulder up a little bit more because it is one of those jumpers that's meant to slip off your shoulder which, again, isn't necessarily me so I've made little changes there Um, and I did back loop only on the um, half treble crochets for the sleeves which I really quite like the look of, it just gives it a bit of a different texture to the main two body panels of the jumper I've been wearing this for quite a few days now and I haven't yet washed it and there is a bit of pilling going on but I would expect that a bit from Blueface Leicester if this was another breed like Merino it would be an awful lot worse and to be fair I've been really active as I've been wearing this jumper I've been in trying to tidy up the studio it's been constant really Um, so I would expect it to have pilled a bit Um, which it has (laughs) and I'm just looking does anybody else get that thing where for some reason if you've got long hair it all congregates with the bobbles in your underarm, in your armpits. So it looks like you, you're you just like a wee hairy mary underneath here because all of your hair just ends up into your armpits in your jumper. It can't just be me. It must be other people. That happens too. Um, so like I say, a bit of bobbling, nothing I am concerned about. It is... So nice and warm. I mean, to say that my office is cold is an understatement. But I have got on a spaghetti strap top underneath this. And I can just about survive out here. It's probably about three degrees outside. I don't know what the temperature is in here. It's not much above three degrees. It's pretty chilly. And I can just about survive in this. So I would definitely look to do more with this blend again because it's warm, it's soft and it feels really hard wearing but in a in a very soft way. So I said last time round that I was really feeling the love for Blueface Leicester BFL and I am um it's got so much character when you work with it. And one of the main things is that it's like it's like a little cloud of light wool it's so it's so light and airy and lofty and it's got a springiness to it it's got loads and loads of character um, compared to some of the other more standard yarns that you get so it's really beautiful to work with and um, it doesn't split it's really nice to work with with this particular way that it's been spun but it is just so light this entire jumper, and it's quite a long jumper, is only two hundred eighty-one grams. I will make sure I put some photos up in the show notes, but um, like it's quite long. It comes probably about halfway down my bum, and um, for that to only be two hundred eighty-one grams, I'm I'm really impressed with. The whole thing pretty much is made up in. Half treble crochet, half double crochet in American terms. And I added um, just six rows of double to give me a little bit of a cuff at the end. But 281 grams, three skeins of yarn for me to make this in a four ply, I think is pretty good going, actually. Um, Yeah, I would make this jumper again, I think, and again, and again, and again. It worked up fairly quickly, and if you haven't yet tackled garments... And you want something really, really easy to start with. Go straight to this one for two reasons. One, it's a free of charge pattern. Well, for three reasons. It's a free of charge pattern. It comes in three sizes and it's very easy to play about with the sizes that you've got. Because the pattern is so simple. So you start out, um, you you go up for quite a while and then you increase out. And then once you've made your two panels, you then add the sleeves down. In terms of garment construction, you really cannot get much easier than this. And it's quick to work up. So go and have a look at it. It's the Homebody Sweater by Megan James. And I'll make sure I put up rich- um, proper pictures because whilst I may hate having pictures of myself out there, actually it shows you what it looks like on my type of a um curvy body shape finished object number two i started and finished last saturday morning i was given a really beautiful skein of yarn by helen you all know helen helen is one of the dynamic duo that was our back to school sweater cow. she gave me this really beautiful skein of little gray sheep dk and it's their hampshire range now their hampshire range is um It's wool that comes from small family farms and their own Stanfine wool and Gotland fleeces. So it's similar characteristics to the Blueface Leicester and Massam, whereby it's quite a lightweight feeling yarn. It's quite, you know, airy, lofty are words I would use. It's got character. You can see some of the fibre strands coming off it. It's not a very neat, precise commercial yarn. and it's absolutely beautiful. Really nice to work with. Again, no um, splitting when you're working with it. And whilst I would love to show you a really beautiful label for it, I left the label outside and POM <laughs> got hold of it and munched it. So, the company is The Little Grey Sheep. They are based down in Hampshire and it is British wool and they dye it on the farm as well. If you've never come across them go and have a look because it's a really beautiful wool that they do they've got quite a few different blends and um, her dye colours are gorgeous again very earthy, very tonal, very pared back, they're not rainbow, they're not in your face colours I've got one upstairs which is called Rhubarb Patch which maybe I should also pull that out for the Skin Wonderland Cal I'm so naughty. And it is, is, this yarn is a perfect rhubarb patch um, set of colours. It's absolutely beautiful. So I wanted to do something special with my 50 grams from Helen. And Helen is uh, has been designing in some of the magazines. And one of the things that she has designed is a little hot water bottle. And it was in, I think it's issue 21 of Crochet Now magazine. And with my subscription to Ridley, I get Crochet Now as a download. It's not one that I can get in the shops locally, um, but luckily I can get it as my download. So on Saturday morning, I sat and I hooked up my little hot water bottle, which now accompanies me out in the office. And this comes out and keeps my lap warm, or I put it on the desk and put my hands on it try to keep my hands warm so it's been really useful since I did this on Saturday Um, I've used it every single day now I've reversed the pattern out because I really loved the way it worked with the wave stitch with the um, colours but it does use a back loop only stitch so the reverse out the inside shows the back loop only part of of the pattern so if you're looking at it thinking that doesn't look like Helen's design it is I just really liked this I thought it showed off the beautiful colours in the little grey sheep um, wool really nicely. So it goes from a very dark jady green into an almost, you'll know what I mean if I say like a seaweedy browny green colour. Not quite olive tones, but that, that very, it just reminds me of Scottish beaches basically see reedy brown up into jade green i'm probably not selling that into you and you're like that sounds disgusting for you i'm never buying that wool but have a look at the photos these will be up in the show notes the the shifts that you get in the um, colors for this wool are really beautiful and i think it particularly lends itself to crochet and the stitches that work with this hot water bottle just it's come out really really nicely so that was a great little quick um, thing that I could do because I've got so many big things on at the moment. My my brain likes to process through things and have little things that I can tick off. So sometimes if I'm feeling overwhelmed, one of the best things that I can do is start a new project, but a quick one that I can do inside of a few hours and then it's done. And then I feel like I'm... Getting somewhere, and I know that's counterproductive because that's then a few hours that I haven't spent on the things I really should be doing. But it, I don't know why, but it tends to ease my mind, and I think, well, okay, I've just done that. I have achieved something because I've done something from start to finish. Now I can crack on with the things, the other things I have to do. I know it's backward logic, but it's logic all the same. So the two other things I've been working on um, are not crochet, actually there are three, yeah not crochet Um, one of the things I sell in the shops and was gearing up for with Nottingham Yarn Expo was a bunch of project bags that are a bit like you know the adult colouring so the concept is that you have a bag that has already got all of the black outline added to it and then you get a set of embroidery threads and you embroider stroke colour in whatever the um, the animal is that you've gone for in your project bag that I sell and so in advance of Nottingham Yarn Expo I had to get some of these ready because you know to sell your wares you have to display them properly so I've done um, this beautiful bear he's really gorgeous and he's done it in the colourway forest so I've done him I've got another seven that I have to do but he was one of my finished objects, he took about 10 hours. Ideally I would have had Ollie done for the expo, it just was not going to happen. So I managed to get through the bear, and in advance of pulling all of the kits together, one of the things that I'd done is tested it out on a sugar skull one, with some linen that I had bought at Yarndale, so I'd done the sugar skull all in blues and kind of turquoise colours and greys. I really like that and by doing that and finishing that off that was what then made me think right these kits are worth pulling together and worth trying to sell so it was another finished object and yeah that's pretty much it I've got one which isn't quite a finished object but I wanted to show it to you because by the time I record in January you're not going to see it anyway because it will be on the feet of um, my best friend's boys. And I've been working on little Christmas socks using the West Yorkshire Spinners. It's called, I think it's called Candy Cane. And it is a self-striping sock yarn which goes from quite a zingy green to cream to red to cream to green cream. And it, it goes through that colour combination. Um, not necessarily my cup of tea, a little too Christmassy for me, but I know that Jenny and Winky and GP will love, 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 love socks in this colour. They all love Christmas. Uh, Winky has been singing Christmas tunes for about the last two months. He's obsessed. He, unfortunately, has taken on exactly his mother's take on Christmas. Um, so I thought he would just love it if he had little Christmas socks. So I'm making them both. However... I might have to rip loads of it back because there's just like I was trying a different heel and it just looks awful so um you won't get to see these unless I get photos of the boys wearing them on Christmas day which I might I might take for you and um, but I thought I'd just show them off quickly because if you're into knitting socks and you need some Christmas socks for people this might be a good way to go. I also asked people, by the way, on Instagram what they were making for Christmas and if they had any good quick makes that I could suggest on the podcast. That was on the back of putting the hot water bottle cover up. And a few people came back and said that they thought this was a good idea for quick Christmas makes for people with the hot water bottle cover. Um, Caroline, I think, is now on her third pair of the Bolton Mittens, which is Lynn's design, which is in our Take Two book. And... Um, what else was there? Mittens seem to be quite a popular one. Uh, Cowls, the little Christmas baubles that seem to be all over Instagram. Um, if you check out Rosina from the Zines and Rogers podcast, she's just put a tutorial up for one. Um, so that's quite a nice quick Christmas make and it uses up lots of scraps of yarn. I think Catherine from Craft & Treats might have just put a tutorial up for those as well. So they were the kind of ideas that people were coming back with um, for Christmas makes. I think crocheted socks were in there as well. So if you are looking to make a few final bits and pieces for Christmas time, um, they were the suggestions that people came back to you as really quick designs that are quick and easy to make up. Right. So that's it for me on the finished objects. I'm going to move on to whips. And talking of Christmas makes, this is my one and only work in progress. I promised to make my friend Fraser a cardigan. I tried my hardest to not make him anything. But I, I have a simple rule. If people ask me to make stuff for them, I will say, yes, by all means, come back to me with a pattern. If they come back to me with a pattern, then I feel like they're actually interested in me making something for them. And it's not just a flippant, oh, you can just make me something because you've got the time to be able to just whip something up for me. Which I get quite a bit. So Fraser actually came back to me with a pattern idea. And then I'd say to him, but this is the type of wool that I like to work with, which is the next step that I take. And then if somebody doesn't sign up to the type of wool that I work with then that's it, I'm not not going to go ahead because I don't want to spend hours working with a yarn that isn't something that I'm enjoying. And so Fraser and I had agreed on the yarn to use. Now I searched high and low to try and get something that was um, British, that was within a price range and that would be machine washable and in the right colour. Fraser's quite a dapper Dan when it comes to um, the colours that he wears. He's reasonably pale skinned. He has ginger hair, strawberry blonde. And he really likes wearing quite bright, purpley, pink colours. Like I see, he's quite he's quite zingy with his um clothes taste and I, I love it. Fraser always looks like a dude when he goes out to work. And he wears shirts and cardigans to work. So, and this is what this cardigan is for. But Fraser is also horrendous in that he won't buy a cardigan that fits him. He will buy one a size larger and then shrink it in the washing machine to shrink it to fit. Do not understand his logic for that. There is no logic, but that's what he does. Uh, And I've told him that's not acceptable for something that I'm going to spend probably 80 hours hand knitting for him. So we have sized it up accordingly. We have found a yarn that we both agreed on and um, I have started making it. The yarn is Cascade 220 Sock. I will pop all of the details into the show notes because I don't have a tag with me. Um, One of the things I'm really pleased about with this pattern is that you can do the sleeves separately. So you do the sleeves from the cuff up. So I'm not going to be at a point where I've done all of the body and then I think, oh, I've got two massive sleeves to do. And when, you're, when you've got something like sleeves and that's the last part that you've got to do, it feels like they take forever. It certainly did with this jumper. I put a thing up on um, Instagram saying that I had come away from second sleeve island because... It just takes so long and it can be so destroying because when you've done the panels you think "Woo! I've nearly finished, I've nearly got a garment that I can wear and then like hours later you're still doing the sleeves and you can't wear the thing until you have done the sleeves. So quite chuffed that I can actually start the sleeves early and do them concurrently with the main body of the cardigan. And I haven't got very far. I'm probably about 30 rows in. I've worked out that if I am to deliver this as his birthday and Christmas present on Christmas Day, then I probably need to be averaging about 10 rows a day. Last night I managed five. The night before I managed six. The night before that and the night before that I didn't manage any. So... I think I'm going to have to spend a couple of weekends solidly working on this cardigan. And my beef with it is, it's a cardigan, therefore every other row is a pearl row. And to give you an indication of what that means for me, it takes me 10 minutes to do a knit row in this cardigan, and it takes me 15 minutes to do a pearl row. It is that much slower for me. I'll get there. I will make sure that I deliver this cardigan to Fraser, because he's been waiting for it for so long. Um. But right now, I am not in love with this cardigan. I think I probably will be by the time I split for the sleeves. But at the moment, like, you feel a woohoo moment when you get to make a new buttonhole. Um, It's quite monotonous knitting. And whilst Fraser's little face at the end of it, when he gets a lovely cardigan on Christmas Day, it will be nice to see. Meh. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, it's um, it's not my favourite project, but it is good practice and I know Fraser will love it and wear it. On pain of death will he shrink this. I got um, Superwash and he's not allowed to do anything to it at all. He has been warned. And if you are looking to do something similar, I'll put all the details up in the show notes. But it's basically called a classic men's cardigan and it's with raglan decreases. And I'll pop all of that up on the show notes for you. But that is my one whip. Because frankly, this is the only thing I really should be working on. Because I've got to to sort it out and have it ready for Christmas Day. Hopefully, I'll be able to put up on Instagram a little photo of Fraser wearing his bright purple cardigan. We'll see, I might be still there on Christmas Eve, not able, not able to do anything with the one scheme wonderland because I'm doing the cardigan of doom. But that really is it for me for whips because that's my one and only and that's one that I've got to keep on ploughing on with, unfortunately. So many other things I want to be doing and I just can't because that's my priority. That is my deadline. Let's move on to feeding the habit. I have got quite a lot of new yarn, but for full disclosure, I only actually bought one of the skeins. Um, I've had various other yarns come from other places, and I will talk you through what, where, why, and how. But what I wanted to do, first of all, was show you my special Christmas skein for the, the one skein Wonderland Cal. So this is one of my Christmas presents from Matthew. And it is called Ice Flow. And this is one of the ones I was telling you about um, by Gilly at Fjord Fibres. It's a really gorgeous mix. It's um, a sock yarn. And it's 80% wool, Norwegian wool, and 20% polyester. And it's 350 metres for the 100 grams. And I saw this on Instagram. And it was one of those, like, immediate have to have that. Matthew was in his office and I was next door in the dining room and I shouting through, "Go, Matthew, can I please have a skin if you have for Christmas? Yeah, whatever you want. Uh, c- can I just order it now because somebody else is going to get it and I have to have it. Please can I have it? Was like, yeah, go ahead. So I ordered this in. Fantastic service from Clay. This came, I think, Two days later, it was so quick, the speed at which this arrived, from Bergen. And it is, I'm going to, I'm going to unravel. I've already taken photos of this um, for the show notes. It's so delightful. Now, I have travelled between Oslo and Bergen and gone up to, um, there's a really famous train journey that you can do from those two locations. We did it in, I think it was March time, into February, March. We actually went up to an ice music festival up in a place called, I think it's Gielo is how you pronounce it, and all of the instruments were made from ice, and you sit in an ice amphitheatre, and they're playing ice xylophones and ice trumpets, and some of them are hooked up to electricity as well, which is interesting. It was a fantastic thing, and one of the things that really sticks out was taking the train journey from Gilo over to Bergen and going past all of the glaciers and seeing the different colours that you've got within that and that's exactly what this skein of yarn represents. It has that snow white colour going into the grey where you get the the kind of slush coming off the ice and then you get these brilliant blue colours and turquoises coming through and I just, I fell in love immediately and it was a, I have to have it. So I don't yet know what I'm going to make with this skein. It has to be something really pretty special. And I don't yet know what that is. But this is going to be one of my Christmas Eve um, crochet along skeins. Um, So yeah, if you've got any suggestions on what I can do with 350 metres beyond what I've already put in the bundles, let me know because it's so beautiful. (laughs) I'm looking at it now and falling in love with it all over again. Um, So that arrived. And Gilly, being very lovely and wonderful, sent another skein as well, um, which I will show off, which... (laughs) is in another colourway, which is just beautiful. This one is called Moroccan Tagine, and it it's very aptly named. So we've got in here what I would consider to be all of the earthy tones. A peachy orange, a light plummy colour, um, going into a more terracotta colour. There's a, a tealy petrol colour in there, and going into creams as well and it's really beautiful i pinged her back a message saying uh, you've been you've been very naughty thank you very much um, i will reluctantly give it away as a podcast prize reluctantly not because i wouldn't want you guys to have it but because it's so beautiful and it's um totally within my range of colors i love to work with and gilly came back very kindly and said no that was for you. I wanted you to have it. I love that you like working with different fibres and um, she watches the podcast and she was she was just very complimentary and it was a very definite that this skein was meant to come and stay with me. I'm not gonna argue with that because it's flaming beautiful. So um, this is my one. And then what she said was I didn't I did want to offer you a podcast prize, but I didn't want to presume that you would like my um, my yarn and my dyeing that much, that I should just send you one. She's absolutely lovely. So I went back and said, no, by all means, we would love to have one for the um, podcast. Please go ahead. And hence I set up the, the competition. So I'm just waiting for that to arrive. This, again, like the Blueface Leicester and Massim, has got real character to it and real depth of character it's light, um, you can see the twist in it, it's just, it's beautiful. So I encourage you to go and have a look at uh, Gillie's handout at Fjord Fibres. She's um, Fjord Fibres on Etsy, I'll pass her details there and I will also, it will all be up on the show notes for you to go and have a look at, but I think it's probably very obvious from the podcast I don't do the big, bold, rainbow colours. I'm not into really bright colours. I do like saturated colours, but they need to be more earthy tones for me to like them and want to wear them. Um, And therefore, there are a few dyers that when I come across their stuff and I think, Yes, you are my type of dyer, because they like the same kind of colour blends, they like the same hues, they've got the same idea of tonally, what it is that they are um, attracted to and what they want to be associated with. And her stuff is definitely one of them. Absolutely beautiful. So thank you very much for that, Gilly. I'm just, yeah, I'm really excited to get these into projects. Um, I think with the Moroccan Tajin one, I, I am actually going to knit socks with them because it's uh, it's got the polyester content in it. There's enough there to make a pair of socks. And one of the things I'm finding, because my office is an box, is that there are certain fibres that I wear as my socks are keeping me warmer than others. And the merino nylon mix, the kind of 8020, which is fairly standard for a lot of indie dyers, actually isn't keeping my feet warm enough. And the ones that are keeping my feet warm are my um my John Arbin manufactured ones because they've got um, alpaca in them and a few other pairs of socks that I've got with um, fibers that aren't merino. So I'm intrigued to see. How this fares as a knitted sock and whether it actually keeps my feet warmer. I'd also like to know if anybody else has found the same thing. You know, maybe Merino for me is more of a an autumn and spring weight sock, but I need something that's going to give me better warmth properties for the winter time because once my feet get cold, I find it really hard to warm them back up. The rest of me can be in a really nice ambient body temperature, but if my feet are cold, it can be hours for them to warm up. Um so I'm going to I think these are going to be knitted socks and see how they work for me. But If you have any understanding of that, if you've gone through the same process yourself, I would love to hear from you on what fibres work really well for you for keeping your feet warm. That would be great. Because um, I know some of the rest of you suffer in the same way that I do with very cold feet. So, oh, there's just so much stuff. Um, as I've said, I was at Nottingham Yarn Expo and one of the companies I was most looking forward to seeing was um, Baird and Sheep's Clothing I talked about Baird and Sheep's Clothing when I came back from the show that I did in Northern Ireland and I think I said at that point this is a company to look out for they do a lot with British breeds um, they do a lot also with not dyeing up the entire skein so you get to see the nature of the undyed skein as it was and um, And just really nice. And so when I arrived at Nottingham Yarn Expo on the Friday night, one of the first people that I saw there were Bernie and Derek from Bane and Sheep's Clothing. I love them. They're just, they come from Belfast in Northern Ireland. And if you know, if you know anything about the Irish, like not to generalise a nation, good crack, they can talk and they're just good fun and they do not take life too seriously. And that for me sums up Bernie and Derek. They are just wonderful human beings and it was just great to spend a bit of time with them. I wish I'd been staying over in Nottingham, but I was coming back home every day and I wish I'd been staying over there and managed to go on a night out with them because I think <laughs> I think we'd have had fun. <laughs> um. And what what happened was Bernie obviously their their logo is a bear it's a polar bear, and Bernie um, came and got one of my bear project bags and a few other bits and pieces, and she was going to pay for it and I said no no let's just do swapsies I will come and get yarn so when I say I've only paid for one skein of yarn I really have and it's not this one, and um, so we did we did swapsies and I got um one of their skeins of, it's called Bear Massam, which is exactly the same mix that I have got in my homebody sweater. So I know it's nice to work with, um, and I know that it's really nice and warm. So it is 75% face Leicester, 25% Mid-Brown Massam. So, let me just take it off. Because it's a lot of green... Which is not one of my normal go-to colours. But it goes through from like a sagey green into a lighter, slightly more acidic green. It's got little pops of like a luminous green in it as well. Plummy colours. Going into blues. Going into quite a cobalt blue. And I am so intrigued to see how this will work up. It's beautiful. It's so soft and it's sheepy. It's really sheepy. Um And I know what I'm doing with this. I've got a design that I did when I got back from Edinburgh Yarn Festival this year and it was called the Column Cowl and I'd originally used um, a bright blue and a kind of mustardy bright yellow for it and I loved the colours individually and when I pulled them together it just reminded me of the um, Ikea flag and I thought... That's not a good look, but I still really love the design. And so what I've been doing is talking to Bernie about having the plummy colour that is within this skein, custom dyed, um, so that I can then remake the column cowl, get the design out, but remake it using Kiladoon and the plummy colour. And so she'll be able to do that for me. Um, at the beginning of next year so you'll see this coming forward as a design but it's it's nice to be able to have that connection with somebody and be able to offer it their yarn up as a as a designed element as well which is great. So go and have a look at um, what Bairn is up to um, Bairn and Sheep's clothing Fab, just fabby fab people just good crack. Lovely. And um, so Bernie, she's the dyer behind it. Derek's her husband. So he, he works full time. And he then comes and supports Bernie with her hand dyeing ventures. And uh, I wish them all the luck. I really do. Just fab people. Um, links will be in the show notes. And they also do a podcast, which um, I won't link you to this time around. Because I want to look at more of their episodes and I'll link you to it next time round. One of the features of their podcast is, by and large, they've usually got a martini, because they've got kids, so they tend to record at night. Quite often there's like a special type of martini that they're drinking at the same time. I just, I love them. Some people you just really click with, and uh, Bernie and Derek are my kind of people. Don't take life too seriously, they're just fab. Wonderful, wonderful British sheepiness. Right, on to the next. At Nottingham Yarn Expo, I also um, was able to catch up with my friend Lucia for a little bit. She was there on the Saturday and the Sunday. She was making a bit of a weekend over over in Nottingham um, with her husband. And she had been in Italy earlier in the year and she brought me back um, some Italian wool. It's 100 grams of... it's. Noted as Lana Sarda, which I do do not speak Italian. I would love to be able to speak Italian. But I think it is a Sardinian um, wool. And it is uh, 100 grams, I don't know how many meters. And I think the overall company might be called Arcade. It's in a very soft, washed out pink colour. It's really lovely. And again, full of... Character you can see the fibers coming off of it. You can see um, ju- You can just see the character of the wool. It's not standard and it's very much not commercial and it's got a really um, Kind of obvious ply to it. It's beautiful I'm not yet sure what I'm going to make this into and I want it to be something really quite nice that reminds me of Lucia so I'm not going to use this straight away. I'm going to think on this and let the right project come forward for it. It might be that it ends up being um, like a yarn bowl or something nice like that. Something a bit different and more homewares because it would actually fit really nicely and with my office as well. So, yeah. Really nice, squidgy um, yarn and the colours. It's just beautiful. I've already taken the photos for this. There will be photos up in the show notes for the Lana Sarda. Um, I, guess, I guess what it means is it's 100% Sardinian wool. I say, um, Yeah. <laughs> Lucia, you need to help me with the translation. That's the crux of it. <laughs> So thank you for that. It's absolutely beautiful. Um, and then yesterday, as I was recording, I went, well, as I was not recording, as I thought I was preparing to record, my um, dad had sent me a parcel and it arrived. I have a very wonderful father who is really supportive of what I'm doing and the designing and and um, quite proud of the fact that I've gone into kind of a second career and I've set up on my own and I'm doing what I'm doing and I think also secretly quite proud that I do this podcast and that people actually watch me and listen to me He <laughs> even listened to an episode once only the once and I think he got about halfway through but uh, you know that's a, he's a pretty good daddy. He's a he's a good one, um, he was off in Iceland and you know well documented my love of Icelandic wool, and he um he was coming back down from the north of Iceland back down towards Reykjavik to get ready to catch his train for the next day, and I had more time to spare than he thought, and so he popped into the Alifos shop for me. If anybody is going to Iceland, um, feel free to ping me a message, and I will tell you the best places to go for wool. Cause I know quite a few of them inside out. And if you are there and you're um, traveling outside of a tour, then one of the main things I would suggest is you go to the north end of Reykjavik, just on the outskirts of the city, and you go to Alafoss. And that's where the old mill is that the um, Alafoss wool used to be spun. It's not anymore, it's all done by Istex. But at Alafoss is a shop that sells all manner of things, really beautiful handcrafted gifts. I would say quite a lot nicer than the things that you'll find in the city centre in Reykjavik. And they have all of the Icelandic wool. So all of the lope, letalope, um, Kimgarn is there, the plates, so the plótilope. They've got wool for felting with. They've got absolutely everything there in all the quantities and in all of the shades. It's just quite a nice place to go. There's a nice cafe a couple of doors up. And there is the most amazing knife shop a couple of doors up from that. My dad bought a really beautiful knife with a handle which is made of mammoth tusk. Quite jealous. Quite, quite jealous. Um, And one of the things I discovered when I was on the website, because I was saying... No, don't worry, I've got so much Lope, I don't need any more. But I'll just check on the website just in case there are some new colours. And I discovered they had a new yarn that they had in their shop. Now, this is a different brand. This is a brand called Einrum. And I think they just set up this year. And Einrum are... I think what they're trying to do is make Icelandic wool more accessible to more people. Because... There aren't that many people like me that will go head over heels for Icelandic wool that's got kind of a staple length of about 20 centimetres. And it's it's not the softest, but I, I really love it. Um, and so what I'm remember doing is mixing the Icelandic wool with mulberry thai silk. And it's done on 80% wool and 20% thai silk. And it's spun by Istek, so it's spun on Iceland. And so my dad brought me some of this back. Now he was only meant to bring me three balls of wool back. And what I've got are eight balls of wool. <laughs> I already have a design um worked out for this. And so what he sent me are two of the grey colour, two of the dark grey colour. They're just they're beautiful. And what happens is you can see where the silk is. So you can see the ply of the silk a bit like you can see sometimes with nylon that's being plied with wool, and so it stands out and um, yeah that's that makes for quite a nice design feature. So I have the the kind of mid grey, the dark grey, and then this olivey green colour, and a very muted mid blue as well, and. Um, So I think these are going to be a couple of cowls. I've got the cowl design sorted and then it's just how I divvy up the yarn so that it goes across the different designs that I might have. And it might be that the cowl is done in both knitted and crocheted, so I'll do two different patterns for it. So yesterday I was expecting a little parcel of just three balls of wool and I got eight and phoned my dad and said, what have you done? He was like, I've... I've delivered exactly what you asked for. That no, you did not. I seem to have more balls of wool than I asked for. He was like, "Well, are you complaining?" No, but you've gone a little overboard. not I? Didn't need all of that. Ah well. Like I can see he's a good one. he's a very good daddy. He uh, he looks after me and he's very very supportive. He's he's lovely. And then the final skein because I have some other bits and pieces I really wish I could project smells over the internet and through Podbean I wish like, if you're listening in your car you would get wafts coming through your air vents of what it is that I can smell because the one skein that I actually have bought is um, North Ronaldsey Wool which is produced and spun on the island of North Ronaldsey. Now I bought this from Isla at Brit Yarn. Some of you may know Isla and know what Isla does but she specifically focuses in on um, British yarns a-, a bit like I have in the shop. She's got a sense of a set of principles that she works to and that's what she works to that's it she will not bend from it and so she focuses on um, British Will she will do blends but it has to be no more than 25 percent um nylon or polyamide for her blend so isla works quite often in conjunction with louise scully at um knit british now if any of you are interested like i am when going on a bit of a british breeds journey then i would point you towards louise's podcast it's audio only And she's, I think, next year moving to a monthly format for it. Um, And Louise is very much into British wool and encouraging people to buy locally, wherever they are. So if you're not in Britain, then buying whatever is local to you and celebrating the many breeds that we've got um, in the world. Something that's very dear to my heart as well. One of the things that she is doing throughout... 2018 is the wool exploration and the concept behind that is every month she will um, put out another breed for us to swatch, play with and see what we think and the whole point is that you therefore learn about different breeds, what you like about them, what their characteristics are. This is something that I'm really interested in from a design point of view. I would like to design using more of our British breeds. But within that, I think the parameters are that I still try and design whereby a four-ply is 400 metres and a DK is 200 metres and a chunky is 100 metres per 100 grams. So that if somebody goes to my designs, they don't have to try. If you're in Australia, you're not trying to source North Ronaldsey wool. You know that you can do an easy yarn substitute with it. But that said, I still want to understand the characteristics of our British wool a little more. So the first one up for January is North Ronaldsey. I think the February one is Gotland, then it's Ryland and then it's Jacob. And I already have Gotland, Ryland, Jacob in my stash. So I was good for them. But for the first one, I had to find some North Ronaldsey. And it is, without a doubt, one of the sheepiest yarns I have ever Um, handled, it's amazing now the North Ronalds' sheep are really quite special, they come from the North Ronalds' island on Orkney and they live on a diet of seaweed, so they have quite harsh habitats to live in Um, and I would have expected therefore that that habitat would have made their wool quite harsh, quite um kind of rigid to touch and it's not this is one of the softest yarns I've ever um, I've ever touched it's one of the softest wools so I'm really looking forward to working with this because this is like this is almost like touching merino and BFL Blueface Leicester it's that soft one of the things I'm thinking about doing with um each of the breeds is using a specific um, pattern. So I'm thinking about using a little flower motif and I will make lots of them up and then eventually make a blanket out of them. So if I'm ever at a show and any of you guys wanted to come along, I can point you towards all of the different breeds and show you what they all feel like. So if you're interested in British braids you can come and handle it for yourself and see what you think and see how it is crocheted up so specifically it's crochet that I would be doing with these braids lots of people do lots of knitted um, swatches with it and I think quite often a wool can handle very differently in crochet than it does for knitting so I'm going to come at this from a crochet angle rather than the knitted angle but if you're interested, have a look at Louise's latest few podcasts where she talks about it. And also, if you go to the Ravelry thread for Knit British, there's loads of information. I mean, this is something that she's been doing for a long time, so there are a lot of information in there already about British breeds. Um, but this is just a new way of doing it throughout um, 2018. And I'm, I'm guessing she might go beyond 2018 if there's a call for it as well. So you'll hear more on this and breeds um, to come as the as twenty eighteen goes on through the podcast. It's so soft, so sheepy, it's it's really beautiful. Rather looking forward to get my hands on this and um, playing with it, and was not at all what I expected, which just goes to show you should never. You should never go by um what you think something's going to be. Never judge your book by its tr- cover because this is a very different world from um, what I was expecting. So I have two more things. One you might have um seen on other podcasts and heard about. Or you might have seen because I put it on my project bag. But my lovely friend Claudia has made some pin badges. Claudia is from the Crochet Luna podcast and she's made this really cool little pin badge which says Yarn Loving Crochet Sisters and it's got a Granny Square motif on it as well. I tried to buy one of these and she cancelled my order because little did I know she already had one that was being sent through to me um, so yeah I have a, a new pin badge from Claudia and I love it I've not really had a collection of pin badges before that I've put on bags and um, and I specifically put it on this sugar skull bag because Claudia loves a sugar skull, and I thought she'll she'll love this if she sees it on the podcast. And it's her her pin with the sugar skull bag. She'll just she will love what I've done with it. So I think what I might do is add loads of other pins to this bag in particular because I've I've got a few others I can I can adorn this with. So um, if I'll pop um, details into the um show notes if you wanted one of these pin badges as well. Really good quality and they're actually made in California. So um yeah and it was Claudia's design. She worked with the manufacturers and got them all made up. Love it. Absolutely love it. And then my final final I I commissioned some crochet hooks. Um you might remember I had some knitted knitted some knitting needles that I'd bought from Woolfest. Um, they're wonky, they're made from bits of branches, they've been sanded down, they're like, aesthetically they they're absolutely beautiful. I have knitted with them as well, and they're quite interesting to knit with. And that company did have some crochet hooks, but I couldn't get, they didn't have any when I went back this year. And I asked them to contact me when the show was over, um, for them to make me some, and they never did. And then I discovered that Hayley, who lives in Canada, and hi Hayley, how you doing? Um, Hayley um is one of the great people that engages a lot with the podcast on Instagram and Ravelry. She's just she's always in the feeds and is really engaging on crochet. She's lovely, and I'd seen that she had made some crochet hooks out of birch branches, and so I commissioned her to make me some because they just they look great when I'm doing photo setups for the company. They look great on the stand. they're really nice to add into photos for the podcast. And so what she's done is made me a series of she's made me three of them and she's made one. I can probably mention it because I don't think she'll watch the podcast in time. but it was um, it was Lynn's birthday last week. And I got Hayley to make her a crochet hook as well. So I got a 16mm, 14mm, an 8mm and a 4mm. The 4mm is for um, Lynn. And what Hayley does is she (laughs) she goes climbing trees. She finds the right branch that will work for the crochet hook size that she needs. She whittles it down. Um, They get sanded down and... I don't know if there's a bit of a varnish on it or if it's just the sanding process. And then she does some pyrography to put the size on it. They're gorgeous. They're very tactile. You just you want to handle them. And they work really nicely as crochet hooks. So one of the things I think she does, because feeling where the hook is, I think Hayley works out which way the hook is going to work best ergonomically in your hand. Because every single hook that I've got is spot on for that. And some of them have got bits of lichen still on the hook. You've got and bar- um, the bark still going further down the handle. They are absolutely delightful to work with. So I did hook up a cowl, which I've since frogged, but it wasn't because of the hook. I just frogged it because I wasn't sure of the yarn that I was using and I hooked it up using the, I think it was the 14mm um, hook it was really nice to work with it was it was lovely um, so yeah, if you're if you're looking for a slightly unusual hook or maybe a nice different present for someone Hayley um, can be contacted, I have um, put her details into the show notes and she can make them to order for you. Um, she is uh, properly out in the middle of nowhere in Canada, and she's got <laughs> really full on weather at the moment. So if you place an order, it might be further um, kind of coming into springtime before she can get up a tree to um, cut a little bit of branch to be able to make the hooks for you. Um, but she will she will work with you to produce exactly what it is that you want. Um, And one of the things that she did for me was she did some pyrography on the biggest of the hooks. And she put in a scene from um, one of the national parks which she was visiting. And she also sent me through a little photo of that national park. Again, I've taken photos ready for show notes. The scenery is just breathtaking. And I love the fact that I've got something that means a lot to Hayley burnt into one of my crochet hooks. It's it's really nice to have that. So, yeah. Go and take a look at what Hayley does. She's also a yarn dyer. She's got the cutest little girl as well. Um, follow her on Instagram. She is Fireweed Fibers. And, um, yeah, take a look. And look at the show notes because I've taken some quite nice detailed photos of the hooks. They are so tactile and so smooth and they genuinely work as crochet hooks so if you're not fussed so much about gauge but you just want something really natural to work with um, I recommend getting yourself one of these I love them, I really love them and I had them out on the stand at Nottingham Yarn Expo which was really nice right, that's that that's all of my feeding the habit that was quite a lot really wasn't it um, like I say, I have actually only paid for one skein of yarn and some hooks. It's just that lots of lovely people give me stuff as well, and I'm, I'm very fortunate. So finishing off then with what's good. Um, although I was, you know, I've called the episode. I blinked and it was December. <laughs> I actually feel like I've achieved a lot of the stuff that I wanted to achieve in 2017. And what I'm planning on doing is spending quite a lot of time on the January podcast about reviewing all of those crafting goals that I set up for 2017 and setting my stall out for 2018. It's really helped me to think these are the things I want to and need to focus on. Um, And that's really helped me throughout the year. So I'm looking forward to doing that again in 2018. Um, What's going to happen is Matty and I will take ourselves off for the day we generally try and go out on New Year's Eve or New Year's Day, go off for a bit of a walk, and then we write our list of what it is that we want to achieve. We're we're both very we're both very business focused, so we're used to having key performance indicators, having um like bonus structures, being very clear and specific about what it is that we need to achieve within a 12 month period. So it really helps us to go away and do that and write down what it is that we want to achieve and then we try and stick to that with some degree of fluidity. But it's one of the things that make us as individuals and as a partnership tick is that we're both very business-minded and business-focused. And the other thing that's really nice and is good is I got to meet lots of people at Nottingham Yarn Expo. Um, lots of people that watch the podcast podcast And appreciate what it is that um, we've got going on as a community. So I just wanted to give a quick shout out. uh, Catherine, hello. (laughs) I'm actually meeting Catherine um, next week for coffee up at the Yorkshire Sculpture Park. So that's going to be fun. And I'm not wearing a kilt for that, Catherine, just so you're aware. Um, I also met Zilly and Debs and Rebecca and loads of other people that... Um didn't didn't give me their names or it was so busy that I didn't get much of a t- chance to interact with them. I really love pe- seeing people on the stand. I love being able to make those, um, those connections and, um, yeah, it's 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 nice to be able to do that and put faces to names beyond Instagram accounts and Ravelry accounts. Um, and Rebecca, I'm one hundred percent. Meant let's go and meet up at the potteries and go and have coffee. So, let me know when you're back in the area. She's from Stoke on Trent originally, and she now lives further over west. But, um, yeah, it was lovely to see her. She was she was floating around a few times. I was like, oh, I definitely know her. And sometimes you think you know somebody and then you don't. I was like, No, I definitely do. I know I know her. Like, we got chatting and uh, yeah, she's she she watches the podcast and she follows on on Instagram and engages and it's yeah it's it's really nice because otherwise it's me with a camera with a microphone and you just put all of this stuff out and sometimes you just feel like you're spraffing absolute nonsense and you think well why would anybody be interested in that and what I've got to say and sometimes it's the most random stuff that I say and do that you guys really love so I guess the crux of that is just keep on doing it keep on being myself (laughs) Keep on putting it out there because some of you keep on coming back every month yet. until Christmas time if some of you won't shout outs to your partners, friends, family, daughters, sons, cousins, nieces, nephews, whatever you want. So until then and then until the January podcast. Have a lovely, lovely holiday, um, folks. I'm saying holiday because some people do not celebrate Christmas. So if you've got some time off, if you don't, I just, yeah, have, a, have as nice a time as you can and um, enjoy yourselves. Don't let Christmas get to you too much. Relax, get your crochet out, let the world whiz past for a while and take some time out and enjoy yourselves. Right have a lovely festive season folks and i might see you in between christmas and new year <laughs> see you soon bye bye friday is friday, it's friday, it's my day friday is my day say the kids are my way Stare the pot at the die I can't wait for it to dry My husband thinks I've lost the plot Just me and Yarn every chance I got It's Friday it's die day.